الجزيرة بودكاست In the Paris suburb of Nanterre, thousands of people have taken to the streets to remember a 17-year-old boy killed by police during a traffic stop. His name was Nael. More than 6,000 people marched in memory of 17-year-old Niall M., the crowd led by the dead teenager's mother. Niall's shooting was caught on video, and it sparked unrest across France in what is seen as yet another instance of police violence. Since then, people across France and the world have seen the grief of Niall's mother, Munia, in a video posted on TikTok. I went to work like everyone else. An hour later, I was told that someone shot my son. What shall I do? He was my best friend. He was my son. The march is for the most part peaceful, but the nights before and since have been filled with unrest and a police crackdown. Thousands of people have been arrested and cars and buildings across the country are burning. They are images you might see in a war zone. Protesters throwing Molotov cocktails, police vehicles on fire, and officers responding with force. So will the police be held accountable? And will there be justice for Niall? I'm Natasha Del Toro, in for Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Al Jazeera correspondent Natasha Butler has been on the ground reporting from Nanterre. Everywhere you look, there are reminders of this shooting of Nile. And it's very difficult for residents here. They feel torn in some ways. Everybody feels angry and upset about the shooting of Nile. They feel angry with the police. They say, look, this is just another example of police harassing us, something that they feel happens so often in some of these poor suburbs. But at the same time, They're also upset about the violence because it's impacting their lives. It's damaging their shops. It's damaging their facilities as well. And it's frightening them. One woman said she can hear outside in the street young people throwing fireworks, the chaos, the police sirens. She said her children are frightened. Nobody's getting enough sleep. Here is Niall's own grandmother asking protesters to stop. The people who are pillaging, stop, stop. They're using Nile as a pretext. No, they must stop. Destroying the shops, the schools, the buses. The mothers take the buses. We take the buses. But what led to this breaking point? I spoke to Yasser Louati, French political analyst and head of the Committee for Justice and Liberties. Yasser France has seen days of violent protest after the shooting death by the police of a teenager whose first name is Nahel. The shooting took place on June 27th. What's important to know about Nahel and about what happened that day? That Nahel could have been any family's youngster driving around with his friends. The teenager was driving on this road when he was stopped by police. They say he was about to run over a police officer who opened fire in self-defense, but another version of events soon emerged. 
Someone walking across this bridge at the time filmed what happened on their mobile phone. And that video tells a very different story. I don't have the exact timing. I just have the sequence of events based on the testimony of the third occupant and the video that everybody has seen so far. The policeman stops the car. For whatever reason, we don't know how it escalated, but the police started beating on Nahel with his gun. Nahel moves away from the policeman, then, according to the occupant, stops again, and this time, Nahel is fainting because he had been previously beaten. The policeman draws his gun, as we know already, and points at him, asking him to stop. The problem is, we don't know whether he saw Nahel fainting or if he didn't see it and only focused on shooting if the car was to move. Nahel, according to the passenger, releases the brakes and then the car moves forward. It must have been an automatic car. Moves forward and as the car moves forward, a shot is heard and the cop had aimed straight at the heart. I'm a father myself. If it is not for contempt towards human life, how can you possibly point a gun at a 17-year-old who didn't even fully enter into adulthood, aim at his heart point-blank and point the trigger? What can you tell me about Niall? What's important to know about him? He was just an average teenager of North African descent who, of course, belongs to this community that has a long history of dealing with the police. He was not a politicized youngster. And he was just driving around with his friends. According to the elements, his mother is all she had. He was her only son. She was a single mother. And when you see her testimony, it is heart-wrenching because she says, they took everything away from me. He was still a child. He needed his mother. That morning, he gave me a big kiss and said, Mom, I love you. I told him, be careful. I said, I love you. Be careful. Of course, when you are a single mother and you only have one son, he becomes your center of gravity and everything you do is for him and for his well-being. And that was taken away from her in a matter of seconds. Mm. Now, if we don't know much about Nahel, we are starting to know a bit more about his mother who had no time to grieve because the, the case actually far exceeded her own personal life. She found herself part of something much bigger, the millions of people who identified with Nahel and the thousands who have joined the march to show her support and to tell her, Madam, you are not alone. We have been there before you and we have been carrying this memory along the road with you. So the police initially said that Niall was not complying with a traffic stop. The police's original version of events claimed that the driver tried to hit the officers, but videos showed them beside the car, holding the driver at gunpoint, threatening to shoot. There was a bystander that happened to be filming, and the video quickly goes viral. Suddenly, the officers' claims are discredited. So what are the police saying now? Well, the police were again caught lying. We have to remember that it was shocking to see how quick the talking points of the police were shared by mainstream media. And thank God there was a video to contradict 
the police version and then the police unions had to change their rhetoric. Yasser says the same applied to the interior minister, Gerald Darmanin. Even Gerald Darmanin, who is by far the closest minister to the far right, said it is unacceptable. Now, this actually even raises two questions. How come the police talking points are quickly shared to the general public, dumped in the media to occupy the space without any chance for contradiction or cross-checking or hearing the version of the victim's family, but also how many Nahels have not been filmed to contradict the official police version? Just weeks ago, a young black man of 19 years old was killed in the same circumstances by the police in his car while he was driving to work. In the aftermath of the shooting, there's been criticism of a law passed in 2017. Here's Natasha Butler again. The French government brought in a new law which allows police officers to open fire on drivers, on motorists, if they refuse to stop for things like traffic checks, so if they're flagged down by police, even if there is no immediate threat or immediate uh, risk or danger to those police officers' lives. And what rights groups have been saying for the past few years is that this has led to abuses. Now, President Emmanuel Macron himself seemed to be appalled by what happened. He denounced the actions of the officer and the media. I want to say to his family, all our solidarity and the affection of the nation is with you. An adolescent was killed. It's inexplicable and inexcusable. These are words of affection, sorrow and support for his family and loved ones. Were you surprised by his response? Yes, definitely. The response was quite a surprise because we are accustomed to seeing the government quickly, uh, you know, uh, siding with the police. But we have to put this in perspective. A couple of hours later, it was during the crisis meeting, the very first night of the uprisings, he said any attacks against our institutions and the police are an attack against the republic. There's been some acts of violence in the past few hours against a police station, schools, city halls. So, against the institutions and the republic. These acts are totally unjustifiable. So he confirmed once more that the police force is one notch, if not two notches, above the general population. And you will see, mark my word, but that quickly the government will forget about the wrongdoings of the police and focus on the ongoing uprisings to discredit the social reasons that have led to them. But it will only be about bringing back law and order. More on the origins of police brutality in France after the break. On the Inside Story podcast this week, the Euclid Space Telescope is on a mission to explore the dark universe. European scientists hope it will solve some of the deepest mysteries of the cosmos. But for what purpose? And can Europe develop a space industry of its own? Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The protests across France today are reminiscent of weeks of unrest nearly two decades ago 
when two boys died after trying to evade police. October 27, 2005, in the eastern suburb of Clichy-sur-Bois, the deaths of two teenage boys triggered a spiral of violence. Their names, Zied and Buna. Both died by electrocution after climbing onto a transformer while trying to escape a police check. Riots broke out, clashes with police, and the situation became so tense that then-President Jacques Chirac declared a rare state of emergency. The question is, why were they so scared from the police to the point of running away from them and hiding in a transforming box? But the origins of police targeting immigrant communities go back much further than two decades. So Yasser, Niall isn't the first victim of police violence. In fact, there's a Reuters tally that shows that since 2017, the majority of those killed by French police in traffic stops are Arab and Black. Why is that? What are the origins of the police force in France? And and what does it have to do with the targeting of immigrant communities and communities of color? I mean, we have been documenting the police's wrongdoings for decades. And we are talking about an institution that was born on the 23rd of April 1941 under the Vichy regime. The Vichy regime is the regime that welcomed the Nazis in France And the first accomplishments of the police in France was not to protect the citizenry from the Nazis. It was the deportation of Jews. Over 11,000 Jews were deported because the police rounded them up under René Bousquet to please the occupying Nazi forces. Two decades later, the police killed hundreds of Algerians and dumped their bodies in the Seine River. We never questioned the police's wrongdoings, even in those situations. How about today? If an institution is born under fascism and was never purged from its fascist elements, the ideology will remain intact. It will be passed from one generation of police servicemen and women to the other. The reality is that if you take a look at the 2017 presidential election, 52% of the police force voted for Marine Le Pen. Marine Le Pen's party, the National Front, was founded by collaborators to the Nazis in France. So we have a long track record of close proximity between the police force and the the far right. If you are a black or Arab youngster in France, you are 20 times more likely of being stopped by the police. And on top of it, we have to compare the way ethnic neighborhoods are policed with upscale neighborhoods. According to a police spokesperson, the altercation between Nile and police was the third of its kind this year. In 2022, a record 13 people were killed after not complying with a traffic stop. Human rights watchdogs have said the French police have gotten more heavy-handed with police tactics than anywhere else in Europe. Now, I know it's not like we're breaking new ground here. There's been a lot of international criticism of the French police force. A UN Human Rights Council review found evidence of racial profiling and excessive force within French law enforcement. So why does it seem like so little has changed? Because France still thinks she can lecture the rest of the world without looking at herself. Remember, after the killing of George Floyd in the U.S. just a few years ago, all French elites banded together, look at how awful America is, the legacy of slavery, and, you know, the police is racist over there, etc., etc. In the meantime, the blacks and Arabs who are demonstrating against police brutality were crushed by the police. 
And now to, to bring it back to Niall, we heard from his mother who said, and I quote, he gave me a big kiss and he told me he loved me. I told him to be careful. An hour later, my son was shot. What does justice look like for families of victims of police brutality? I'm not sure there is a son or daughter of immigrant who was not told the same thing while leaving the house. They all do. They all have this vice warning or expression of love. Be careful. They don't like us. Now, when it comes to the case of Nahel, honestly, millions of people can refer to what happened. That kiss, goodbye mom, and he never comes back. How many mothers have kissed their sons never to see him again? And that is why minorities are in danger today because they have no, no recourse when it comes to the police. And parents, rightly so, have, you know, when they say they are afraid, it is completely legitimate. And if they dare to answer or react, they get beaten to death, maimed, without people being held accountable. This is not something coming from some movies. These are real-life events. And for many of us who came from a North African descent, that's a reality. I was a teenager once, and yes, the, you know, encountering one of the police was always in the equation. You never leave the house, you know, in case I get stopped, what are my courses of action? So now the message sent to these populations today is, yes, you can make it alive leaving your house, but if you come across the police, you are 20 times more likely of sending some bad news to your parents, unfortunately. Do you think that Niall's mother will see justice? I don't want to be the prophet of doom. I just hope so. But we have a long track record, and I personally do not judge anything based on promises. I judge it on track records. From my personal work and my personal experiences, the Republic is a broken promise when it comes to minorities. Nahel's mother, from what I've seen of her in the demonstrations, I think she's clueless of what's awaiting her in the next few years. It's going to be a long and bitter battle because she's going to go against the state. The state will defend its soldiers. She will have to pay for the lawyer, not the policeman. She will have to bring proofs and she will have the institutions standing in front of her, not next to her so she can see justice being served. So good luck to her. I wish her that she finds the strength that the right people will be around her to wage this battle. But I'm going to remain skeptical about the outcomes of this episode. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Sonia Bagat and David Enders with Khaled Sultan, Ashish Malhotra, Veronisa Campana, Miranda Lynn, Amy Walters, Chloe K. Lee, and me, Natasha Del Toro. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Alexander Locke is The Take's executive producer. And Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back. <laughs> 